Black Women Stitch is happy to celebrate the 200th episode of the Stitch Please podcast with AccuQuilt. It's our birthday, but thanks to AccuQuilt, we're giving gifts. All September, we're counting down to 200 episodes on October 4th. Every week, we're giving away one AccuQuilt Go Me fabric starter set with a bonus Quilt As You Go bag making kit. We also have a grand prize of a Go Big Electric Fabric Cutter Starter Set. We'll announce the winner when the 200th episode drops. Visit Black Women's Stitch and socials to enter. If you are new to AccuQuilt and are thinking about investing in their system, the Ready, Set, Go bundle is your best value. Ready, Set, Go provides everything you need to get started. AccuQuilt Go Cutter, the 8-inch cube to create 72 blocks, a die to easily cut multiple strips, squares, and diamonds, and a pattern book. Purchased separately, this bundle would cost almost $1,000, but during September, you can get it for 20% off with our code SPPODCAST200. The best part is, at any time, you can upgrade your Go Cutter to the fantastic Go Big, which is what I have, where the AccuQuilt magic can happen at the touch of a button. Links are in the show notes. Discount code SPPODCAST200 is good for September 2023. Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Black Women's Stitch and the Stitch Please podcast is grateful for all the support that made So Black possible. Special thanks to our underwriters, Spoonflower. Thanks also to Moda for generous sponsorship. Thank you, Bernina, for your wonderful support. Thank you also to Amtrak for partnering with us. Special thanks to those who shared resources to equip the space. This includes AccuQuilt, Orafil, Crimson Tate, so easy. Ruby Star Society, Free Spirit Fabrics, Kai Scissors. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Special thanks to Focus Right for making the live recording possible through the donation of an audio interface, the Focus Right 18i8. Thanks to the Bridge PAI for the initial funding, and thanks also to the Modern Quilt Guild for their generous support. Thank you all so much for making this possible. friends. Hey, this is Lisa from Black Women's Stitch. And like I say every week, this is a very special episode because this episode is at So Black at QuiltCon. And we are so grateful to be here with Sarah Bond and with E Bond. E, I was wearing your dress yesterday. Everyone thought I was you. It was very weird. And I would, they were, and they were like, oh, you're E. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I am not. I am not. Oh, you are all Latifah Safir is in the house, everybody. Let's give us give it up. Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah, that's yeah, Latifah, you go. I'm gonna give you some grief. Guess what you get when I return my phone calls? Um, 
So yeah, I know you were sick at all, but you know, you know, I must go give you some grief because I love you. I love you, and you, and you, you know, you make things happen, and we're grateful for you. Lucy for being the founder of the Modern Quilt Guild ten years ago. That's Let's right. give that some love and respect, right? <laughs> and. I am so glad to be here, and uh, we have a very special episode, uh, just something that came up unexpectedly. Um, Sarah, tell us how, we, how you decided to bring the quilts here. Well, Lisa is such a good listener to this particular story, and I, you know, if anybody even looks like they're listening, I'm telling the story again, which is the story of the women in my family who were quilt makers and who I think have guided me to this path of quilt making and who continue to inspire me all the time. And my watch word of the day today is I've been collaborating with dead women from my family mm. for the last 30 years. Mm. And now I get to collaborate with an actual live bond. <laughs> and that's very exciting for me. And the, the, the depth of that feeling has been with me a lot these last few days. I just love it. And E bond is Hi. <laughs> utterly fantastic and uh, we had a, our first conversation back in March of 2022 when we were talking and um, she says oh Lisa you teach black women writers you know I want to take your class and I was like I don't know why you already have a syllabus every book that is on my syllabus is in your glyphs collection I don't know what else you could know um, <laughs> but welcome and tell us what is it like working with your cousin and so like the, the ancestral bonds that you all have like, what is what has that been like to kind of work with your cousin? There's the sweetest picture. I think I have it in the podcast of you at 16 mm -hmm. and you at three. Yeah, I think so. It's the <laughs> sweetest, the sweetest little picture. I think it's really just been such a fun journey to to actually get to hang out with Sarah more. I mean, it took me moving 3000 miles away from her for us to finally start collaborating because I think since I moved to California we've collaborated way more than when I actually lived in Philly with her but um, it's been so fun and so exciting because she has all this knowledge about what came before and I've just been kind of working in this silo of my own work you know and so then when we kind of came together there was just this fusion mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and one of the things I appreciate about all of the work that you do is the way that you do prioritize bringing the past and the present together that, you know, and this is something that Faulkner has said, you know, the past is never dead. It isn't even past. Mm -mm. And one of the things when I think about you and the way you all relate to each other, as well as how you relate visual images and concepts onto fabric. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little about like what was that like to be a surface pattern designer who's used to working in a certain way with like with the books and with mm -hmm. these different things that you do and then bringing that to your work with your paper piecing and listen, Sarah, Sarah Bond yesterday said in class that perfection is a tool of oppression and I said, it is! <laughs> and startled everybody around me. But like, <laughs> um, but how does that work for you about like how do you bring in these two different they seem really different, right? Surface pattern design that's much more about like repeats, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. and bringing that to the word of mouth quilt. Um, how, did, how did that come about? Hmm. Well, I think because the, the actual drawings started really just as drawings about the genesis of language. I was, you know, living in a space where it was already going to be this kind of conversation about language, about form, and about the beginnings of things whether it was shapes or language. So for me, it was, it was pretty easy to go from like what I was already working on into 
you know, into a drawing or into um, a surface pattern. And then just talking to Sarah about these ideas of like me thinking like, well, this is a conversation across not only like visually across like shapes and forms, but also across generations. Because I'm also thinking, because I'm naming these these fabrics from women that I've read, mm -hmm. you know, so that's a conversation between me and Tony or me and Lucille yes. or me and Gwendolyn. And then yes. there's a conversation between me and Sarah yes, <laughs> and then right. Sarah and Anna and Sarah and Lavinia, you know, yes, so yes. there are these cross, these different ways of thinking about conversation visually and not always in terms of sound. Yes, that's wonderful. And I know you've mentioned like sometimes you find yourself like working on a piece and you feel like you hear your ancestors speaking to you. Can you talk a bit about that? Well, <clears throat> I spent a, a bit of time working um, with some of the quilts uh, from Luvinia. And Luvinia was my great-grandmother and she was E's great-great-grandmother. And, um, you know, there's a story in the family. Um, Luvinia, uh, my father was her favorite. And, um, oh, I'm sorry. That was Rosabelle. So <laughs> Lavinia had two children. I'm sorry. Two children, Rosabelle and Bertha. And Rosabelle was my grandmother. Oh. And um, Rosabelle always felt that Lavinia favored Bertha. And so when um, Lavinia died, Rosabelle went over and got all the quilts before Bertha oh. could get there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so that's why I have all these quilts. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it was fate because I'm actually, you know, working with them. <laughs> yes, um, yes. And I'm sure Bertha's people, if they knew, would be, you know. But that's all right. <laughs> so I did bring a pile of, of the quilts. So there's yes. three quilts here from Luvenia. Yes, yes. And, and, we, mm -hmm. and Constance is here in the audience, and she's going to hold these up for us to look at and admire. And then Sarah, um, then Sarah will tell us how you would want Can that one Can you start with the, with the stars? Um, so Luvinia, you know, we hear this story all the time about, um, American quilting and that, um, all of it was Ooh. from necessity and from, um, you know, scraps utilitarian and quilts utilitarian only. And just it wasn't to keep no, no warm. imagination just to keep warm. And wow. clearly awesome. when you look at this, you can see that Luvinia, Luvinia was born enslaved. Luvinia, um, she was born in 1858. Um, she lived, you know, what I'm sure was a difficult life, certainly in comparison to my life. Yes. Um, but yes, she, you know, clearly when you look at this, she was making this to express something that she needed to express. That's she right. was doing this for her own pleasure. Yes. And let's just say for her own gratification, which yes. she deserved to do. Absolutely. I just want to ask, I know this is a silly question, but did she make it on a sewing machine? Um, was there a sewing machine involved in this thing? She, I have quilts that she did make on a sewing machine. This one, um, I think she pieced by hand. Oh, my gosh. This one she pieced by hand. And the other one. So then, then there's the other Lone Star, um, which I love the colors in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and, beautiful. Um, when you, I think this is the one when you hold it up, you can see this, the cotton seeds in the Whoa. batting. You can see the cotton seeds where? In the, in the batting. In the batting. Oh, my gosh. If you hold it up to the light. So here again. Um, oh, I see it. Here is, oh my you know, gosh. this beautiful combination of color in a, in a very intricate pattern that she clearly made because she wanted to. This isn't just to keep somebody warm. That's right. Right? That's right. 
And, you know, the audacity of, you know, a woman born to slavery making something for pure pleasure Listen. is something that I really treasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's pretty revolutionary in itself. It yep. is. Existing Ab is a revolution. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just explaining one of my favorite authors, Kevin Kwashi, who is at Duke University, I believe. Um, he has a book and it's called Black Aliveness. Uh, and it's a black feminist poetic. And he talks about a black world versus an anti-black world. In, a black, in an anti-black world, blackness is demanded of black people. In a black world, being is all that is required. Yeah. And what we are watching is a black world. This is someone who, even in the midst of the most powerfully violent um, anti-blackness, has, has created um, and been able to unfurl her imagination mm -hmm. that slavery and enslavement did not steal the capacity for black creation, imagination, and joy. Um, and that, though they tried to take it, um, it is not something that, you know, the human spirit is and can be inconquerable. Mm -hmm. um, and I look at those quilts and I see that. So this quilt that we're looking at now is sort of a, I guess, a 25 patch, you would call it, sort of a, a hybrid Irish chain. I don't know what okay. you would call it, depending. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I brought this one particularly because when E started um, designing fabric and when I started working with Free Spirit, you know, promoting this, um, I sent them a picture of this quilt and um, I told them about Lavinia and they drew up a pattern and this pattern has been made by a number of people and oh. it's called Luvinia Unbound. Oh my. And I don't know if, um, I don't know if they have it downstairs. They but, do. Yeah. Oh, in so the booth, they have it in the free spirit booth? No, the, I think, uh, is it five little monkeys? Five monkeys, yeah. Redid mm. it and they've got it hanging. And yeah. I first, Crimson Tate did it also. Yeah. Oh yes. great. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I saw her. Yeah, but it's always so nice to, to now have Sarah be part of the, when the collections come out, because she will always pick a quilt that um, is from either, you know, Anna or Luvinia yes. that they then remake in the fabric as part of the inspiration. Mm. And so, and then I get to name it, you know, as part of the new, you know, the new, wow. the new collection. So I think Anna, one of Anna's quilts will be, as part of the inspiration for the third line. I am so excited. And I'm telling you, Free Spirit, the first collection glyphs, I really wish they had thrown more money and energy behind that. I will. I really feel like they had a huge missed opportunity. We studied that fabric in my class. Yeah. We, everyone was able to choose like, you know, so okay, let's look at this piece called Octavia. What do you see in this piece, Octavia, that you think reflects to Octavia Butler. Yeah. Where do these numbers come from? What about this, this chain that looks like a um, barbed wire? What about the balance between da, da 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 Someone did another one on, you know, looking at Gwendolyn and Gwendolyn Brooks. My favorite, of course, is Zora. Yeah. Um, Zora and Phyllis. Um, and when my students looked at the Phyllis, they yeah. saw repetition, they saw seeds, and they also saw that famous sketch of enslaved people being packed inside the Middle Passage. Mm -hmm. And they see all of that in there because it's all in there, you know, and yeah. it's just such a beautiful, a beautiful gift. 
So Black is made possible by some amazing people on the Black Women's Stitch team. Christina Gifford, Janelle Velasco, Latrice Samson Richards, Naomi P. Johnson, Shauna Jefferson, Jill Bates-Moore, Nikki Griffin, Coco Springer, Alicia Turlington, and Adrian Dent. And in full Snoop Dogg style, I'd like to thank myself for pulling this together and believing in me. Let's give it up for Lisa Woolfork. And if you want to find out what's happening next, follow Black Women Stitch on TikTok and Instagram and sign up for our email list. Check out the Stitch Please podcast with new episodes every Wednesday, including episodes from QuiltCon coming out soon. Can you show us? So we have uh, one more quilt. This one was made by Jane. And Jane was born in 1828. It's okay. I'm scared to touch it too. You don't want to fling it around too much. It's delicate. It's not... You know, it's seen seen a lot more years. Right. Um, So Jane, sure you can if you want. I don't know how many there are. This is a white glove situation. The reason they put white (laughs) gloves on is so that the oils from your hands don't touch the quilt and activate things and chemicals that might dissolve it. It's really precious. And so that's what the white gloves are for. That's great to keep them in the box. Yeah, I know, be- I know. I would not want that responsibility. <laughs> Don't but worry. You, you know, there are parts of it that are more, um, you know, held together than I mean, others. I have chills. I have actual chills right now. Yeah, that's good. That top that oh. you have, Latifa. Yeah. Yes, yes. It'll be all right. She's been out. Oh, it's just... It's- <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, it's... Look at the, some of the batting is falling out, y'all. Oh, my god! It's worth it, though. Where, where's a better place for her to take a little hit than here? Right? <laughs> so this quilt was made probably in the... Well, okay, so let's talk about Jane for a minute. And maybe you can just turn... So Jane was born in 1828, yeah. and Jane um, was born enslaved. And when the daughter in the family in 1848 was married off to Preston Bond... Jane went along as a wedding gift. And for so many years, um, we were told that Jane had two sons by Preston when his wife was pregnant with her children. And the first was James, born in 1863. And the second was Henry, who was born in 1865. And I can't re- I remember the moment when it suddenly occurred to me, really? Are we thinking that really she was there for 18 years before he took advantage of her? Mm. So she, you know, I have to think there are other children that she was not able to keep that she had with this man. Anyway, um, after Jane left, after the war, she went back down um, to Anderson County, Kentucky, and she worked for actually... Um, the sister of this man. And they apparently had this cordial relationship and they made quilts together. There's a picture in this book, um, Stitched from the Soul, that shows Jane fixing the hair of a young white girl. And it turns out that that young girl was a diarist and she wrote about Jane. 
and she wrote about Jane and her quilting. Oh, wow. And when I found that book, so I came across this book in a quilt shop. And I said to my father, well, this is Jane, but I didn't know she made quilts. Did you know she made quilts? And he said, well, no, I didn't know that. (laughs) You know, because men, they never know. Um, So I wrote to the woman who wrote the book, and she never wrote back to me. But then I found out later on, because the woman who was doing genealogy on our side of the Preston Bond um, descendants met up with this woman on the other side, on the white side, on a, on a, you know, a, a, what is it? You know, hereditary. um, Oh, like when you do the genealogy genealogy research thing, like you, yes. So this is another piece that she gave. (laughs) So anyway, the whole story is, so I hooked up with, um, Emma hooked up with this woman who was the granddaughter of this young girl in this photograph. Mm. And I said, all right, so now we know where the quilts are. Why are they over there and not over here? So I got on an airplane and went down to Florida, ah. and I met these quilts. Now, I, it might have seemed to her like I was, you know, trying to meet her, but I was really trying to meet these quilts. <laughs> and then I invited her. We had a family reunion in um, Philadelphia in 2008. I remember. And she came to that reunion, and she talked about Preston and... She referred to him with as the rapist, which that was good. Yes. Um, and then she brought this quilt as a donation to the silent auction. Wait, wait. This quilt? Yes, ma'am. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> wait, the same silent auction where people get gift certificates from hair salons and stuff? Uh-huh. And you can, like, put money in and, like, oh, I want to get a manicure or whatever. Uh-huh. And she had this she brought nearly 200-year-old quilt. Uh-huh. And said, I got something for y'all silent auction, just like I bought your ancestor. Uh-huh. My ancestor bought your ancestor, and I'm giving you this quilt back so y'all can raise money with it. The fuck? <laughs> but I didn't say that. Oh. I said, I will buy that. <laughs> and so, and I'm, I'm going to tell the truth. There were a few uh, matriarchs who were put out with me because I outbid them for this. But I'm sorry, it's mine. Because I know about quilts, and I I know the value of this, and I know what this means. And they can come and visit it if they want and to. And <laughs> not to buy it at a silent auction, just the auction of it all. Uh, well, look, I mean, she donated it. It's not like, okay. you know, okay. she didn't get okay. the money. Okay. <laughs> no, it, that was to support the reunion. Yes, okay, yes. So, I no, understand. she was not profiting in this moment. Right. Um, but... You know, this whole time I was like, where are these quilts? None of us have ever seen these quilts. We don't know where these quilts are. Yeah. So this is why we have this quilt now in 2008, because we got it back. I am. That's really that's just wonderful. And it's a really powerful note. We have about five minutes left. My Latrice is so really great about keeping me on track, y'all. She should have to do this for the rest. She should help me regularly in regular other tasks. Um, But I wonder if we have time for one question. Well, you have if there is one question or two questions, we have time for a question. Um, Any questions about like genealogy or about anything that might this this might have sparked for you all? any questions that we can think of? I think many, I, I'm stunned. Um, so, excellent. Well done, Latrice. Um, how, so, the quilt that, uh, the, the oldest quilt, the quilt that's, that's in the box, what I'm understanding that you're saying is that you acquired that quilt through an auction, right? Yes. So, how do you age the quilt? Did you just take the word of the person 
to actually age the fiddle and, and understand how old it actually is. So um, I'm going to say to start out that I'm not a quilt scholar, so um, I can't provide you with, you know, uh, real, you know, information about that. But I will say that when I first found this book with this quilt in it, and I took it to a class that I was taking, and I think it was Liz Porter of Fonz and Porter. Mm -hmm. And I said, look at this, because I didn't have the quilt then, but I said, uh -huh. look at this and tell me about this. Because if you saw the quilt, you can see that it's a little bit hard to see the pattern of it because the colors have faded out in different places. Mm -hmm. And so we had to look at it a little bit and figure out what the pattern is. And it's actually a, a basket quilt. And mm -hmm. it's in red and blue and white. And um, you have to look at all of the blocks in the quilt before you can actually see what the uh, original pattern was. And so she helped me figure out that it was a basket pattern. Mm -hmm. And then I actually found in, you know, the states do these quilt books. And in the Kentucky book, there is another quilt in this very same pattern where the um, baskets are going across long ways. Yes. Uh, just the very same pattern, and it's contemporaneous in the 1870s. Mm -hmm. um, this was a pattern that was popular at that time. And I'm sure that if I, you know, took it to someone, someone would tell me about the actual fabrics. I don't know if the, you know, so some of the blues stayed and some of the blues oh, wow. faded out. So I don't know where some of them, right. you know, chemical dyes and some of them were indigo. And yeah. is it the indigo that persisted or... Yeah. That or what? Sense. And then some of the reds stayed yeah. and some of the reds didn't stay. Mm -hmm. Was that matter? Was it, mm. was it chemical? So I don't know the, the answer to those questions. Right. And I'm sure there are people who are scholars in yeah. quilts and yeah. scholars in textiles who would know, you know, that. Yeah. You know some yeah. of those things. But yeah, with looking at it and trying to figure out, just doing a little bit of thinking and a little bit of reading, I was able to figure that out. And I did actually reproduce this quilt um, for one of the... Um, reunions in shui shui oh yes you were telling in it in red and white yes shui shui. shui shui is this really great fabric that's from south africa mm -hmm. and it has all these different um bright colors mm -hmm. it's really awesome beautiful patterns y'all we are wrapping up this episode of the stitch please podcast um this is a live show we're doing here at the so black space at quilt con we are grateful to all our sponsors and we are grateful to our audience uh, we are also incredibly grateful to E-Bond and to Sarah Bond to, to bring just, I mean, an utterly, inexplicably powerful reminder of who and what we are capable of. And can I just, in, since we're on the topic of gratitude, can I just say how grateful I am for you? for making this space possible for everybody, for working your tail off. <laughs> I don't think this woman has slept in, in you know, this act weeks. the last 12 weeks. See, she hadn't slept. That's why she's falling apart. That's like why this. she's emotional. <laughs> Instead, I just cry. It's kind of like rest, but, you know, stressful. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. I, 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 I You honor me and I receive it. I Thank you. you. Thank you so much. I, I am truly honored. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Oh.
You've been listening to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you supporting us by listening to the podcast. If you'd like to reach out with, to us with questions, you can contact us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And you can find Black Women Stitch there in the Patreon directory. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the project with things like editing, transcripts, and other things to strengthen the podcast. And finally, if financial support is not something you can do right now, you can really, really help the podcast by rating it and reviewing it anywhere you listen to podcasts that allows you to review them. So I know that not all podcasts Um, directories or services allow for reviews but for those who do for those that have like a star rating or just ask for a few comments if you could share those comments and say nice things about us at the stitch please podcast that is incredibly helpful thank you so much come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together (laughs) 